Turn to Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah chapter 6 this morning. I, I got to reading this Friday, and it, it came to me, and uh, it just, the Lord just spoke to my heart and things, and I just couldn't write them down fast enough of what he was telling me uh, to get a hold of this. But I, I truly believe what Isaiah says here is what we need today, what we need today. Isaiah chapter 6, let us stand for the reading of God's word. Verse number 1, we, this is a very familiar scripture. It's not, if you know the Bible, if you've heard the Bible, you've heard preachers, they've preached on this scripture time and time before. It's nothing new. It's nothing new under the sun according to the word of God. But I believe that every time you read the word of God, God gives you a fresh anointing of that word. And he reveals something new into your life if you just read and let it say, God, open up to my heart. And he'll show you something. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a uh, throne high and lifted up, and his train was filled the temple. Now that's a, that's a good place to see the Lord, high and lifted up. Yeah. That'd be something good to just see the Lord high and lifted That's where we need to see him at today. Above it the serpents, which each one had six wings, with twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And he cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me. I am an undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. I have dwelled in the midst of people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the serpents unto me, having a live coal in his hands, which he had taken with the thongs from the, off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sins purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. He said, Go and tell the people, Hear, hear ye indeed, but understand not. And see ye in, indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of this people fat. Make the ears heavy. Shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart and convert, and be healed. Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitants, and the houses without men, and the land be utterly desolate. And the Lord removed me, men far away, and there be a great forsaking in the midst of the land. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we just ask you to touch our hearts this morning. Open our hearts to receive the word Lord, that you would have us to receive. And Father, I praise you. I glorify you. Empty me yourself and fill me with thy spirit. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I love the phrases out of this text, and I'm sure you've heard sermons preached on them. It's not going to be anything new, but this morning I want to challenge you with the God challenged me with this morning. There are some phrases out of this text that I want to preach to you this morning. 
Isaiah said, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up. When did he see the high and Lord lift, high and lifted up? In the year of King Uzziah's death. King Uzziah was a very important man to Isaiah. He was a friend to Isaiah. History tells us that Isaiah learned a lot from uh, uh, Uzziah. But in return, King Uzziah learned a lot from Isaiah. I, I want to say this this morning. I am thankful for the people that God has put in my life. I, I'm thankful for friends that I have met through Jesus Christ. Uh, but my eyes need to be focused not on men, but on Jesus this morning. The one who's above all men. The one that's not just the ones around me. Because I'm here to tell you there will be some friends that will be with you this year, but come next year, they will not be friends no more. You can have a friend today and that friend would leave you tomorrow, but I'm telling you there's a friend that will stick closer than a brother. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. He says, I'll always be there. Thank God we got a friend like Jesus this morning. Isaiah said in verse 5, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king. My eyes have looked upon the king, and that's the capital K-I-N-G. My eyes have seen the king this morning. I, I want to preach on this phrase out of this thought, focusing on him. It's easy in this life to get uh, uh, eyes off of what God is trying to do, what God is trying to mean in our life. And easy to get focused on what other people are doing around us. What they're trying to do. It's easy for us to take our eyes away from who God is and look how bad life is this morning. It's easy for us to focus on the depressing things in our country this morning. It's easy for us to take and look at the political situation and chaos that's going on around us and forget he himself bears the government upon his shoulders. I'm thankful that even when the economy of this world falters and fails even when things around and around us in america does not uh, look good there's a god in glory he's not weakened by the weakened of the nation he is not backed up by the political scene uh, he is the king of kings the lord of lords and the government is upon his shoulders that's why i want all of our of us to get our eyes Focused this morning. And what do we need to get focusing on? If your eyes have been blurred by somehow somebody or something uh, that's been done, the devil has brought blurred vision to you, uh, he's damaged your, in your spirit and in your heart, you've lost sight of what God really is and who God really is, then this morning maybe all get our eyes checked and get focusing back on him this morning. I, I depend on reading glasses. When I look down, it's nothing but blurness. I can see y'all greatly. 
When I, when I go to read, I, 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 I can't see anything. And I, I, I go to the eye doctor once a year. And I don't know why they give me glasses because I put them on, I can see everything good. But the, uh, the doctor says, because sometimes, uh, no matter what the circumstances may be, uh, your eyesight may change. There may be some things that happen in your life that will change your vision, yet though you got your glasses on, you don't think nothing has changed at all. Well, I, I, I know, I see clearly. Then you, uh, you've been to the eye doctor, they pick a big old machine up on your face and say, is this better than this, and this one's better than that, this one's better than this, and this one's better than that. And at the end of it, they come and tell me, well, your vision has changed a little bit. So every time it changed, I have to get me a new pair of reading glasses. And I got to thinking about that. Maybe some of us this morning, and let me ask you this question. I want to ask you this morning, when was the last time you got your spiritual vision checked this morning? I know what you're thinking. I see God. I see God right. When it was the uh, last time you stopped long enough and adjusted your vision, your eyes to corrective lenses that you can tell something this world has obscured. This world has messed up your view of the things that are holy and right. This world has changed how you view God himself. If you allow them to, the news, the social media, and all these things have come at you. They bombard, bombard you. And your visions gets blurred on who God is and what God is doing for you. If you get around enough negative people in this world today, they will start to make you think and feel like God is not on the throne anymore. God is not in charge anymore. And if you look at the world today and all the things that's going on, sometimes we even ask ourselves, God, where are you? Aren't you still on the throne, God? Can I remind you this morning, he's still on a throne. He has not been overtaken. He's not been advocated. He is still on the throne this morning. He's still God, always will be God. God is still in charge. It's just our vision of who God is has changed. We need to get our vision, corrective lenses, back so we see God who God is this morning. That, that's why we come to church, amen? That's why you kids need to uh, get under preaching and Bible preaching. Because sometimes you can blur the vision of your child this morning because of what you do. But let me tell you what, if they get into the Bible preaching of a preacher of the preach the word of God, they get a clear view of who God is this morning. Amen. And we need to get that vision correct of God and who God is in our life this morning. We've got to get what Isaiah had. Let me give you three quick things this morning. Isaiah had an upward look. The first thing Isaiah paints to us 
The first scene that Isaiah portraits to us, the first thing that Isaiah introduces us is he said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. You know that Isaiah is doing, he is not focused on the kingdom around him. He's not focused on the fact that his friends have, have been laid to the grave. Uh, he, he's amazing to me that when the king is laid down, he lifted up and saw another king lifted up. When one king dies to Isaiah, another king comes alive and well in his view this morning. When a king is passed, there's another king that comes into full view. I'm telling you right now, there, right now, there are some people that you need to put behind you. There are some circumstances in your life that is earthly and worldly, and you need to put them behind you. You say, when you put them behind you, when, when you put them behind you, that's when you can get a clear vision of who God is. That, that's when you start looking upward. That's when Isaiah got an upward look. He, he saw that. He, he got to looking around the things that was going on in his life, and he looked up. Isaiah had an upward look. What are you focusing on today? What are you focusing on right, right now? What have you spent your time looking at right now? Let me ask you this, and, and I've had to ask myself the same thing. When I go to bed at night, what is the last thought on my mind? What am I thinking of when I lay my head down at night? And, and then again, I ask myself, what am I thinking? What's on my mind when I get up in the morning? Is it the same thought that I went to bed with, or is it something different? Let me just tell you this. Every time you lay your head down at night uh, and you go to get ready to go to sleep, uh, God should be on your mind. You should be thanking God for what He gave you. He gave you another day. He put breath in your life, and He put a heartbeat in your body. You ought to thank God when you lay your head down. And when you wake up in the morning, if God wakes you up in the morning, you ought to just praise God and thank God for getting you out of the bed. Amen. What are you thinking about right now in church? Some of us are thinking, boy, I get to have this for lunch. I get to go there for lunch. Here you are in the house of God, and you're not even thinking about God. Amen. I'd ask you to raise your hands if I called you, but I probably half of you raise your hand. Amen. You got to get an upward look of Jesus. Oh, praise God. Isaiah says, I, I, I saw him high and lifted up. That's why the Bible gives us so many phrases, wonderful phrases, when it talks about the Lord. It said things like, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. It doesn't say looking behind me. It doesn't say looking around me. But looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. The Bible said, lift up your head for your redemption draws nigh. The Bible said, looking for the blessed hope that is in Jesus. I'm talking about lifting your head up, lifting your eyes up. I'm lifting up my eyes unto the hills from whence my help come. My help cometh from the Lord. You got to get an upward look. 
Bible says the servants have never known what it is like to be on the old rugged cross. They're, they're not saved by the blood of Jesus, but yet in the presence of God. They, they bow their heads. They cover their faces. They cover their feet. They fly around the throne of God. It is high time that God's people realize that we are saved to the othermost. He, he saved me from my sins, sorrows, and sickness. And we need to realize we got a holy God. We've got a wonderful God. For by grace you are saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, unless any man should boast. God saved you this morning. I don't have any good deeds enough to charge to my account. I was lost and undone. And when I was lost and undone, couldn't get to him, he came to me. If you're ever going to get focused on him, you got to stop looking at all of your deeds. Oh, look what I've done. Look what I've done. I've done this. I've created this. I've done that. Stop looking at what you've done and look at what he's done for you. Can I say it ain't nothing about you. Nothing about you. It's all about him. Amen. Amen. Bible said they began to cry one to another, holy, holy, holy. This is the scene that Isaiah is seeing. Oh, wouldn't it be great if we would ever get a glimpse of something like that in our lives? If God would just roll back the curtains of heaven every now and then and say, hey, look here, child of God, this is waiting for you. I prepared this for you. Wouldn't that just make you cry, holy, holy, holy? Wouldn't you get excited about that? Wouldn't you just start saying, Lord, come quickly, even come quickly, so Lord. Wouldn't you just get excited about what God has done? Can I tell you this right now? God has already shown you yep. what he's done for you. Yep. I don't have to have God to roll back the curtains of heaven and show me the glory land. He showed me that when I got saved. Amen. We need an upward look and see him high and lifted up. It's nothing about me. It's all about him this morning. In this scene that Isaiah is looking at, is the same scene, if you go to Revelation chapter 4 and chapter 5, it's the same scene that's going on. The same God is sitting on the throne. Here in Isaiah is the same God sitting on the throne in Revelation 6. Do you know what that, that tells me? Kingdom may rise, kingdom may fall, presidents may come and presidents may go. But God is always, God is always. He doesn't lose his position. He's not voted out. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still making intercession for you and I. He is still God this morning. Isaiah said, you need to get a high look at him. Lift uh, towards your head. Let, look up unto him. They, they, I love this. It said, they cried, holy, holy, holy. And the post of the door moved. Mm. Yeah. 
Whoop. When was the last time you got in the presence of God and everything around you start moving? God start moving in your life? Wouldn't it be wonderful day if the children of God in God's house get in the presence of God and all of a sudden the walls start shaking, the doors start shaking, and the people start shouting, and the people raising their hands, giving God the glory. When was the last time you've ever been in the presence of God that just moved you? Amen. And if he can move the doors, but we say, Lord, move me. You, you can shake the building, Lord, but move me. Well, you're challenging God to move you this morning. God can do it. I'm telling you, I, 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 we got to go to church. We got to be in the church. I'm telling you, when the songs this morning just moved me. They, the singers gave it all when they sung. But yet while they're singing, some of us here are saying, move me, Lord. When was the last time you heard a sermon? The preacher took the book of the Word of God, and when he preached, it moved you. We're an immovable people today. We don't like to be moved. We pray, God, move us. Move us, God. Do something. God says, what's the point of moving you? You don't want it. We've got to get a clear vision of who God is this morning. We need an upward view. Look at what we should move us. I'm not going back to sin. Why? Because he moved me. I'm not going back to those old habits. Why? Because he moved me. God changes people. Amen. There is no condescending Pharisee that can sit in a church and watch a preacher preach the word of God and people get moved and say it's false. There ain't nothing real about it. When I look at people and see how God has changed people's lives this morning, there is no condescending Pharisee say God ain't real when I can say look God did this. God moved them. God changed them. God saved them. We got it in our minds that it has to be. When you hear somebody's testimony and where they were and where God's brought them from and where God has taken them to, that, that moves me. That moves me. What happens when he speaks? He changes people. We need an upward look. So God moved on us. The presence of the Lord. We need to see him high and lifted up. Not only we need an upward look, we need an inward look. We need to see him, but also need an inward look. We need to see us. We need to see ourselves. Isaiah saw so much of God that he gave him a real clear picture of himself. When Isaiah saw God, saw him high and lifted up, he starts seeing himself. When Isaiah saw how holy God was, he saw how unholy he was. 
I hope that when we get in the presence of God, we don't start thinking about all our accolades. Because if that's true, you ain't in the presence of the Lord. You are in the presence of self. Listen, don't think that I have arrived. I have not arrived. I'm not there. The Holy Spirit is saying the same thing. Do what you preach. But I want to see him so much that I really put things in perspective on who he is and who I am. If you're going to see God, you, you need to see God not trying to compare him to other people around you. Well, he, if he says he's a Christian, why is he doing that? Why is sister so-and-so, she sings the songs, but yet yeah, her life ain't that way. If we want to get a clear vision, listen to me, listen to me. If you want to get a clear vision of God and who God is, you need to stop looking and judging everybody else around you. Uh, I'm going to tell you what, you get your eyes on them, you'll get your eyes off of God. But let me just say this, if you get your eyes on God, it won't matter what people are doing around you because you're looking at the one that you need to look at. Well, we're too busy looking at everybody else, judging and comparing everybody else. Won't you just start comparing yourself to God? Compare yourself to God. Because I'm going to tell you this. If you're looking at me, you're looking at the wrong one because I'm a failure. I'm a sinner. I am unclean. I am unholy. The only thing I'm different from some sinner walking down the streets today is I'm saved by grace. We like to compare ourselves to other people, don't we? I'm better than them. I love this. I'm more spiritual than they are. Amen. Don't get it. We talked about this morning in Sunday school. Don't get mad at me. Get mad at the Word of God. Because that's what He's calling you. We sometimes think we're more spiritual than God. We've done got ourselves sitting on a plateau up here that nobody can knock us off. Can I tell you, God can remove you. God can bring you down. Don't worry about what it, don't compare God to everybody else and compare him to your own life. We need a clear vision of him. And when you see him clearly, when you see him high and lifted up and how holy he is, then you'll realize that you're unclean, you're unholy, you ain't worthy. He says, I, woe is me, for I am done, undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips. Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I am a man of unclean lips, I dwell in the midst of unclean lip people. My eyes have seen the king. He's not judging everybody else. He's not judging everybody according to who God was. He started judging himself according to who God is. Listen, woe woe is me. Listen listen up to this point Isaiah prophesies against Israel. In chapter 5, you'll find six times where Isaiah says, Woe, 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 
whoa, whoa. He, he's, he's prophesying to Israel. He's telling Israel, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, God, whoa, whoa. But in chapter 6, he's not saying it to Israel no more. He says, woe is me. Woe is me. It's not you, Israel. It's not you no more. It's me. I, I realize that I'm unclean. I'm undone. I'm not worthy. I realize that because I got a clear vision of who he is. I realize I am not. Woe is me. Maybe some of us ought to get us woe is me attitude. He said, woe is me. I know that I messed up. I know this country is messed up, but no more messed up than me. Just, woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. Wait a minute. I thought about that. Here, Isaiah. You're a prophet, Isaiah. You're speaking the words of God. Why in the world God would use a man with unclean lips? Well, you find the answer. And I, I'm sure you'll know the depths of the mercy of God. But when you find the answer, let me know. His dilemma, he says, I'm a man of unclean lips. And notice his dwelling. He dwells among people with unclean lips. You know what he's saying? Not only have I messed up, but everybody else has messed up too. I, I got to thinking about that. I said, Lord, I'm about as messed up as anybody else in church. I'm messed up. But we're all messed up together. Yeah. Amen. There, there's none in here better than anybody else. There's none in here higher than anybody else. We're all saved by grace. We're not saved by me. We're not saved by you. We're not saved by our good looks. Some of y'all, <laughs> but we're saved by the grace of God. And let me just say that we're all messed up. We're all messed up. And Isaiah says, hey, I realize now that not only is Israel messed up, I'm part of them too. And I'm messed up. The Bible says the birds of feather flock together. No, it does not. I said that. You look at the people that surround yourself with, and you, listen to me. You look at the people that you surround yourself with, you're going to get a real good view of who you are. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all should have shouted and cried right then and there because some of y'all look around the people around and you're like, oh my goodness. What have I surrounded myself with? Amen. You want to get a good view of who you are, just look at all the people that you surround yourself with. If your Christianity is not enough to change others around you, then their sinfulness will change you. You get... Did y'all get that? Let me say that in the Hebrew language. If your Christianity is not strong enough to change them, then their sinfulness will change you. 
What are you trying to tell me, preacher? I'm just saying, we have not arrived. I, I need to be in church every time the door is open. I need to be in the Bible every, time, every day. I need to get into it. I have not arrived. I cannot surround myself with people that believe contrary to what I believe. They'll conform you to their wickedness. We need not to let ourselves listen to the world condemn the things of God anymore. And we we hear it today all all the time. The world is condemning God and we sit back and okay. No. He is lifted up high and lifted up. He's almighty God. We need to take a better view of him. We need to see him. God help us. Woe is me. That's what's going to happen when you get focused on the wrong things this morning. When you realize it's not about you, it's all about him. Notice the deliverance. The Bible said that one of the seraphims having a cold in his hands taken up by the tongues and put it from the altar and put it on his lips. The Bible said, and he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips and thy iniquity is taken away from thy sins purged. You know what happens when we get a clear picture of God? We get deliverance. There's, there's, there's deliverance within reach when we get a clear picture of Him. There's hope within reach when we get a clear picture of Him. Well, I messed up. You might have messed up. I messed up. You don't know what I've done. You don't know what I've done. I've got problems. I've got issues. But when you get in the presence of the King, you'll never Closer to deliverance than you've ever been before. That's why we cannot forsake the house of God. We can't forsake the presence of God. We cannot get to a place where we reach out and can't be good deliverers. He can never get cleansed if he had not gotten in the presence of God. You're never going to get cleansed until you get in the presence of God. He saw how undone he was, but God had an answer for his undoing. Heaven has an answer to your problem this morning. Got to get an upward look and seeing him who he is. And when you see him who it is, you get an inward look and realize who you are and what you are. But I love this. Not only did he get an upward look and inward look, but he got an outward look. When you see God for who God is, then you realize who you are. And you realize how undone you are. Then you start looking around at others. And you see the purpose of what God has called you to do. Notice when he got his deliverance, when he got his help, when he got what he needed, when he starts seeing what he was chosen to do. After the healing, after the cleansing, 
Now notice God did not say Isaiah. Who's going to go for us? Who's going to go for us? This was just not for Isaiah to hear. Let me, let me get, let's, let's make this clear. When God made that statement, Isaiah, who's going to go for us? It was just not for Isaiah's ears. And actually, in all it, what it was, it was a broadcast to everybody's ears. Who go for us? Who go for us? And God's still doing the broadcast today. Who's going to go? Who's going to go? God does not say, Isaiah, I want you to go. Never says that. Never said that. Why did he not say, Isaiah, why don't you go? God is going to make you do something against your will. God broadcast it. And can I say this? When God broadcasts something, the Holy Spirit in you, if you're born again, saved again, the Holy Spirit in you is going to answer that broadcast. It's like a telephone call from God to you. I said, who's going to go for us? I'll sin if you go. You've got to make a decision. As hard it is sometimes to dig in this word of God when you, when you don't feel like doing, when everybody else is having fun, it's difficult, lonely times you serve God when it seems like everybody else is hiding parties, walking away from God. You hear God say, who can go for me? He realized then there was a purpose in every pew. Do you know why Isaiah wants to go? It's because of what he just saw. What I just saw, I, I want to go. He, he said, I saw him high and lifted up, and I realized how I'm done I was, and I look around, and I realize how I'm done they, they need to know. They need to know. I have seen him. Have you ever experienced God in church services so much that when you walked out, you had to tell somebody? I, I, I got to tell somebody. I got to run and tell somebody. God's moving and God's just, that's what God is saying. I, I, I'm calling you. I'm making a broadcast to you. They need to know. Isaiah said, well, I'll go. But can you answer a question for me? God said, yes. How long do you want me to go? That sounds like Baptist people today, don't it? Well, I'll do that, but I ain't going to do it but just a week. I'll do that, but let me tell you what, I'm going to give you the best I can give you is a month. Amen? Don't get, I'm just telling you. And he said, Lord God, I'm, I'm asking the question, how long do you want me to go? A week? A month? God says, I'll, I'll answer you. Go and preach. I will go and preach. God responds this way. Unto the cities without inhabitants. And the houses without men. 
That tells me we are to look outward until there's no more sinners left. There's no more sinners left to be one to God. That tells me until another man with a beer case standing in line checking out, pumping gas, that's not happening anymore. A child down from your street that's being abused by society until that happens, no more. How long should we preach? How long should we sing? How long should we testify? Until the last one is in. I've got enough people around me right now that I won't end. That I won't end. To keep telling them the goodness of God and what I have saw of God and how undone and wretched that I am and how holy He is, I need to tell others. I want to be in a service where God moves me enough to move out to tell people about Him. Can I say this? If you're in a service and you don't get moved enough to tell others about this God, then I can, can I say this? It's not this God's fault. It's not His fault. The reason why we don't get moved enough is because when we come through the doors, our hearts are already set on things outside. We're not looking to be blessed by God. We're not looking to be moved by God. I'm I'm coming in with a cold heart, a stone heart. I don't want to be moved. Somebody in your family's dying going to hell? You're not moved to tell them about Jesus? Tell you, we 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 got to get a clear vision of who he really is. And, and can I say this? And I'm almost done. If we can't get a clear vision of him here now, there is coming a day you're going to get a real clear vision of who he is. I, I don't want to be on the other side. <laughs> I, I don't want to be on the other side. Well, where everybody at? No. I want to have that clear vision of him now that I know who I am, wretched and done, defiled, unholy, undone, unclean. I want that vision now so I can get right with him now. I don't want to say, hey, I don't want to be moved. I don't want to be clean. I'll, I'll take my chances. There's going to be a day you're going to get a clear vision of God. Don't let it be the wrong vision. Don't let it be you're banking on your accolades, your goodness, your deeds. Because I'm telling you right now, they don't weigh when it comes to God. They don't weigh. Amen.